Jake Warner was at the control. So sit back, relax, and check this joint out right here. Jake! Yo! Okay, here we go. So good to be back. This podcast is for the people. No, nobody knows who I am. Jake! Live from the Big Brother Bungalow in Southern California. Ready to talk a bunch of nonsense with you. I can't stand them. It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's the Big Brother Jake Podcast. I am your host, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner. Welcome to the show. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud.com slash The Big Brother Jake Podcast. You can go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Type in the keyword search The Big Brother Jake Podcast and boom, you're in there. Man, it's good to be back. Whew, what a week. What a week it's been. I've I've had the pleasure of being on a couple different podcasts. Uh, I also, uh, in collaboration with WestCoastStyles.com, uh, the godfather, the boss, Tim Sanchez, uh, he and I, a.k.a. Styles, he and I did a uh, Laker recap show. So if you go to WestCoastStyles.com, uh, that's up on the website, uh, along with a lot of other great content and some interviews I've been a part of. And there'll be some more in the works, I promise you. Now, before we get started, I also want to thank uh, the Godfather Sports Talk Radio, my man Tony Bruno. Uh, he came on, and he was very candid, very open, very outspoken, and it was a pleasure to have him on. He's a friend of mine. Better yet, he's more like a, a radio uncle to me, and uh, we've known each other damn near 20 years, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was a great conversation, I thought. It was a lot of fun to uh, have Mr. Bruno on and, and talk about uh, everything that was on his mind. We had planned that interview way before uh, he got let go from SiriusXM, but if you want to check it out and you haven't heard it yet, go to SoundCloud.com slash the Big Brother Jake Podcast, and uh, you can go click on episode 80, and he'll be there, and along with all the other uh, archived episodes. Episode 79, my predictions weren't so good for the NBA Finals, but... We'll get into that another time. Uh, I'm not going to talk sports right now. I want to talk about music and musical legends of the West Coast. Unsung heroes, so to speak, that you may not know a lot about, but have influenced a lot of the music you've listened to if you're a big fan of West Coast hip-hop. So my first guest uh, is one hell of an accomplished MC and writer, Neb Love of the Five Footers. Now, she's worked with Warren G., uh, she's worked with the Dog Pound. She's worked with a whole bunch of amazing West Coast artists. And uh, she also let us in on a, a studio session uh, with a huge funk legend that um, she discussed in her interview. It, it's a fun interview that I did. It turned out really well, I thought. You know, I'm always going to, you know, big up myself. But um, Neb Love of the Five Footers. Five Footers is one of the uh, OG West Coast female rap groups uh, that came out. And following that interview, one of the biggest West Coast OGs of all time, Rodney O from Rodney O and Joe Cooley fame, uh, he joined the podcast and he discussed a lot of uh, his, you know, the things that uh, he took part in with, with the West Coast movement. And he also uh, helped start a huge rap group that a lot of y'all know about and party to, and I don't want to give it away. So those two interviews are coming up right now. Um, I wanted to touch on some music again, because you independent artists that I've shouted out a million times to send in your music 
have failed me. So I'll bring the music and the legends to the podcast. I wanted this to be uh, music heavy. Uh, I'm waiting for the Lakers to go to the NBA Finals before I get heavy back into sports again. You know, some some of y'all are like, damn, you know, Jake talking sports on other shows, but he doesn't talk sports on his. Well, I don't really feel like it right now. And <laughs> to be quite honest, uh, I'm a little stunned that the Miami Heat are where they are. Um, taking out uh, Toronto, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, I didn't think Toronto was going to, you know, Bold like that. I, or, or, or Miami took out Milwaukee. I'm sorry. Toronto's also out. I, I, I figured it was going to be Milwaukee and Toronto battling, but hey, Celtics, you know, eh, who cares? Miami Heat are surprising a lot of people. But again, we're not talking sports right now. We'll get to that maybe next episode uh, when the Lakers, you know, more than likely will be Western Conference final champions. I don't see Denver doing anything more, maybe win one game in that series. I think it goes five. But that's for another time. So what we're going to do right now, we're going to get into Neb Love of the Five Footers. And uh, again, a nice stimulating conversation. Uh, she has a lot of history in the rap game, and and, and she's worked with some legends, uh, including one you may know very well when she brings them up. And that'll be, uh, and Rodney O from Rodney O and Joe Cooley fame will uh, follow up that episode. So we're going to go ahead. I'm going to stop babbling. Let's get into the interviews. Sit back, relax. You know, if you're in the car, you know, turn up the AC a little bit, you know, roll the window down, enjoy the breeze. If you're at home cleaning, you know, turn it up and vibe out. All right. So Neb Love of the Five Footers. Following that, Rodney O from Rodney O and Joe Cooley right now. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. We could get paid. Here we go. You're here with the boy Big Brother Jake here. And this guest, man, she's worked with all of them. She's worked with Warren G, Dog Pound. She's been featured on such soundtracks as Set It Off and Panther. And she's worked with some of the greats in the game. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Neb Love. What's going on, Neb? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Everything's lovely over here. Glad to have you on. Uh, just wanted to talk with you a bit about the business and everything you've done in your career in the rap game. Who was your inspiration in hip-hop? Who's the one that had you pick up a mic and said, that's what I want to do? Um, I mean, there was a couple of inspirations. I would definitely say um, one of my good best friends, her name was Indigo. She went by the name, the rap name of Indigo, and she was out of Compton. She was actually the first person that I knew that got a record deal. At like 16, she was signed with DJ Pooh. Right. Um, her uncle, damn, I don't want to mess up his name. <laughs> uh, damn, Walter. He just passed. He, he actually just passed. But if. What I, what I will say, I can't think of her uncle's name right now. Mm-hmm. I'll try to get that to you later. But if anybody, if you've seen the recent interview with Snoop and Master P, and Snoop was breaking it down how this, this cat connected him and Master P together um, when Snoop left death row, mm-hmm. that, that was Indigo's uncle. Okay. And um, so I think it was Marvin... His first name is Marvin. I can't think of his last name, but he uh, ended up becoming a really big part of West Coast hip hop, which right. I didn't know. I'm just still finding out. But anyway, back in the day, he 
he signed Indigo to her first record deal. DJ Pooh produced it. It was sick. Uh, we was in the studio. Right. I think Mac 10 just got out of jail. He wasn't in Mac 10 then. <laughs> but I met him at the studio with her. And it just showed me that, damn, like, you know, wait, we can get paid to do this or we can be in big studios or we right. can, like, really, you know, we can really get record deals. That was my first introduction to a legit a legit label situation. Right. Um, from there, I was like, I was always dancing and stuff, but MC Light played a big part of me wanting to, me also feeling like I had a chance at rapping and kind of being like, yo, I want to rock like Light. Like, right. she was just so dope to me. Light, Antoinette, uh, they used to battle all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, Queen Latifah. Um, but MC Light was like the main female artist that made me want to, want to get down and, and, and flow and then you know I heard a, uh, I heard a it was a mixtape floating around it had Freestyle Fellowship on it and it had a Charlie Tuna on it it had Snoop on it okay I think they were you know but it was a mixtape going around at that time and when I heard Freestyle Fellowship it was a song called Physical Form and I think it was Micah Nine yes and he was just like spitting and flowing and I was like <laughs> damn what is, like, who is this dude? Like, how does he flow like that? And they was like, yo, they freestyle. Like, like what you mean? And they're like, yo, they just pick up the, any book, the Bible, whatever, and they just go off the head. And I was <laughs> like, ooh, I want to do that. So from that point, I think I kind of started just learning my flows through freestyle and just kind of freestyling all the time. And that was kind of one of my one of my traits, I guess, my skills. I mean, I could still pretty much freestyle decent. Okay. But, yeah, so between, you know, during that time, it was like MC Light, Indigo, Freestyle Fellowship. And then, you know, I listened to Tribe, and, you know, I was on Brand Newbie and shit like that. Oh, but yeah. Those are the people that made it. You know, Freestyle Fellowship was from the West. And then, you know, MC Light was just a female that was just hard and dope. So, you know, yeah, that made me just keep writing, for sure. Right. And just trying to get better with my flows and better with my skills and, and um yeah and I was kind of like a dancer and I was like I don't want to dance anymore I want to be a rapper so it was, you, know, it was you got like, the bug oh. <laughs> yeah it was kind of like well all right well bust a rap you know what I mean so I started kind of writing my raps and they was kind of they sucked but then you know at some point they got better so you know okay. that was kind of like the start of it all right cool so you get the bug, you you know, you start writing like you said. You're like, okay, we can get paid to do this. How did it come about hooking up with Warren G? And how was it to be a part of the whole G-Funk movement? Well, originally I had a manager, and my manager took me and Indigo, who I mentioned. Mm-hmm. He went up to Dr. Dre's house for, I think it was an initial birthday party. Along, this, was when they, this was during the, the recording of The Chronic. Oh, okay. Okay, so we go up to go up to Dr. Dre's house, it's like Snoop in the corner, you know, <laughs> fucking uh, corrupt. It was like corrupt. Right. Me, Lady Rage, Indigo, we all in a cypher busting. Think Warren G was in another room making a beat, you know, and like yeah. I met I met Warren then, but briefly. It was like real briefly because my manager had a relationship with Dr. Dre, so. Gotcha. You know, we up there chilling. With them at that time, I was just trying to get signed. I was solo, and um, get up there. We busting in the cipher, and, and uh, Suge is like, "Yo, ah, <laughs> oh, come on, y'all! I got some contracts in the car. I want to sign y'all." We like, 
<laughs> me and Indigo, we both looking at each other like, nah, 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 we we, we under 18. <laughs> we probably was like 17 or 18 at okay, that time. Okay, okay. So we both was like, nah, nah, we need our parents' signature. Because he was like, I got contracts in the truck. Like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's how, that's how Suge was signing people. Oh, wow. He'd be like, no, I got five Gs on me. What's up? <laughs> and we, we was like, nah. Like, so <laughs> luckily we got out of that situation. But uh, Yeah, you did. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, but that was like the first time I met. I I, I kind of came across Warren, but we didn't really like get to chop it up like that. So the second time was by that time I graduated. Now I'm in college. Uh, Josh Skills was in. She was going to Long Beach, Cal State, and I was going to Brooks College in Long Beach. Okay. And we had a mutual friend that was like, "Yo, y'all both need to connect." And back then I was getting managed by uh this cat named Jomo, who was Aaliyah's cousin okay. at the time. And so, um, he was kind of my manager at the time when I, when I did meet Warren and them. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of like, well, they were trying to give me a solo deal. But when I met Josh Skills, we kind of clicked immediately. And she was, she had already did, uh, sister, um, you know, the, um, super slow sister. She had already actually been recording with Warren. Okay. When we hooked up, she was kind of like, Yo, you dope. And I was like, yo, you dope. I took her around all of my female rap homies because I already had like a crew of females that I rapped with. Right. And I took her to meet all of them. I was like, okay, y'all tell me. She, you know, I, she probably don't know this, but I did take her around <laughs> everybody so they could kind of tell me if I should fuck with her or not. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I took her to Indigo. I took her to Cobra Red. I took her to Knee High. I was just like, yo, y'all, what you think? And they was like, do it, you know, whatever. So, Anyway, we she took me to Warren. I spit for Warren. He was like, "Okay, y'all dope, y'all should." You know, we was like, he was like, "Y'all should be a group." So we was like, "All right." So we we was like, we the five foot crew, and you know, my my other management wasn't really happy because they were like, "We trying to sign you to a solo deal." Mm-hmm. But I think at the time, me and Josh Steele weren't ready for solo deal. Right, right. So we it was it was like, nah, we could just link up and it just I don't know. Group stuff is sometimes a little easier, I think. Sure, but. Um, at the end of the day, I think we both were able to be solo artists. It just it just so happened Warren just was kind of like, I mess with y'all. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mess with both of y'all. So, mm-hmm. from that point, we still were in college. And uh, Warren kind of said one day, um, yo, I'm about to go to New York. Y'all, I'm going to get y'all some tickets. And we both like, we, you know, we in college. You right. Know, like, <laughs> Yo, we about to go to Dev Jam, whatever. I got to go to New York, you know, bro, you know, get ready. So we like, from that point, it was kind of like, we just, you know, he was popping in too. So from that point, we was just like, shit, we out. Right. So I was kind of in college. We both were kind of in college, but like kept dipping because he kept taking us to, you know, to New York. He was in New York probably like two, three times a month for mm-hmm. like a cool six months. Oh, wow. Just meeting with Dev Jam and just hanging out with Warren G because he was like, Regulate was blowing up at that time. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of did the this, this DJ video. Um, Warren then came and was like, actually had a production deal for us. And, like, we did some songs. Well, um, I think we did a song on the Twins album. Mm-hmm. So we started we started seeing money. The first the first song I actually did where I got paid was Walk Away. Okay. And that was, um, you know, on a soundtrack. So that was, like, my first my first time in a big studio getting paid, you know what I mean? Right. I think I even invited Medusa to the, to the session. Medusa was up in the session. So it was like, 
you know, I was always connected to the underground and always connected to something going on in the industry. And it was just like, once I did walk away, it was like, damn, 5K in your pocket yeah. at like 18, 19. Right, I mean, that that's a lot cool. of money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean, after that, it was kind of like, you know, we did the walk away, but then we did like the Twins album. And then we we would do stuff. We were working on some of stuff, some um, some of Warren's album. And mm-hmm. we did a St. Ives commercial, but then it was like, Yo, they're not even 21. We can't. Oh. Like, we did the commercial, got paid, everything. And then they was like, did anybody have them if they were 21? We wasn't even 21. So, by, you know, so so pretty much from out of high school, straight to college, right. till about 20. And, like, I, I achieved so much. Like, I was just like, yo, I want to be a rapper. I want to break a deal. I want to do this. I want to do that. I achieved a lot of that by 25. You know what I mean? I want right. to go on tour. Mm-hmm. I did a lot, you know, so... I think, Warren, when you say, what was it like being with the G-Funk, man? You chilling with a bunch of crips with money. I mean, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. You know what I mean? Right. It was crazy, but, I mean, Warren always showed his love. He he never took our publishing. He let us be creatively free. Right. Um, we was probably the most hip-hop motherfuckers in the crew. Mm-hmm. So, they all looked at us like, well, they got bars. You know what I mean? We always, we always had bars, and we always was writing. And, 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 you know, I appreciate him for that because Warren never tried to, uh, he never tried to, like, make us do anything that we didn't want to do creatively. He was just like, because I think he just believed in us as artists. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot, you know, and that's very hard, you know, as women. Right. A lot of people don't believe in the women that they deal with, so they get them ghostwriters and they yeah. tell them, dress this way, look this way, this is what's going to get you your bread because... You know, a lot of times your talent is not respected enough or, you know, enough. Right. So I just think Warren really didn't press us like that. And, we, and you know, and, and I'm thankful for that because I don't know what it's like to be with, with a crew that's like, you got to show your titties everywhere. You right. got to do this or you got to bounce that ass or pop that pussy. Like, I don't know what that feels like because we, we weren't forced to do that. And we still got out and got money. So... And you were true MCs, you know, you know, natural MCs. You didn't need all that. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we always just stood true to to our, I would say West Coast roots, but I guess there's a lot of West Coast cats that got ghostwriters too. So, yeah. I mean, I just think, you know, as far as MCs type stuff, I just think we really respected uh, the art form of just, just being able to tell your own story mm-hmm. and, and, you know, having the... Um, you know, having the skills to write your own story. You know right. what I mean? Because I think a lot of times when you let somebody else write for you, they're telling your story, but from their perspective, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not into that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I'd rather just say what the hell's on my mind. And if you feel it, you feel it. If you don't, you don't. Right. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So what was one of your favorite projects that you've worked on in your career? Um. Wow. Well, um, I did a song with Rick James. Oh, wow. That was crazy. Okay. I, did two, I did two songs with Rick James, actually, but that was kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> that had to have been insane, uh, that, that studio he, session, man. <laughs> yeah, right when he got out of jail, actually, um, it was a session where Yo-Yo was supposed to go. Okay. And for whatever reason, she couldn't make it, but my friend called me and was like, well, shit, you want to come in and, you know, work with Rick James? And I'm like, 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I liked Rick James, but it was like, well, yeah, I mean, fuck it. I'm always down for opportunity, you know? Right, I mean? right. And, uh, and so that session was crazy because uh, when we got there, you know, <laughs> of course, he was like, he he was so funny. He was so nice, too. Rick James was so nice. Um, I think we probably were smoking weed yeah. and stuff like that. Nothing, nothing crazy. Right, right. But what he, what he did, he told me about, he, he definitely told me some stories. Oh, so, so he, what, he did say, don't never do crack. That's what he told me. <laughs> like, don't you ever do no crack. So Charlie Murphy you know, wasn't like, lying oh, oh. on the Chappelle show. I'm then. like, okay, Rick. <laughs> okay, Rick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he was so cool. He was a sweetheart. He, uh, I wish I would have really uh, spent more time with him and really right. like took advantage of that. That relationship, you know what I mean? Because sure. he really was like, he really was like, yo, he really, we did one song and he really enjoyed it and we did another one and he was down. I mean, he was like down for me. So, I mean, you know, the, I, I, I definitely, that was one of my favorite moments. And just working with MC Light, yeah. you know, MC Light, I probably got about two or three songs with her. Okay. And to actually be able to say you have a, a song with a person you looked up to that mm-hmm. like inspires you to rap was like stupid you know what I mean so, yeah she's one of the yeah. greats man she's one of the greats I, I love MC oh, Light got a chance to meet her uh, you know just different industry events and she's like really real she's as real as they come you know very yeah. down to earth and that that's pretty dope to be able to say you work with both Rick James and MC Light <laughs> that's dope <laughs> yeah. as hell <laughs> I know, that's like a crazy spectrum, but yeah. Right, absolutely. Yeah. You're listening to <laughs> Neb Love here from the Five Footers with Big Brother Jake. Um, talk about how the whole process, you were credited as one of the writers on San Tropez with uh, J. Cole. Um, how did that come about? Because J. Cole, he, he's, you know, he's up there. Everybody knows who he is. They love him. How, how did they approach well, you? Well, I mean, basically, you know, just in a nutshell, I never met J. Cole. Okay. But J. Cole did, he's a producer, and he did sample one of Warren G's songs, and, and the song he sampled was um, Hollywood from a uh, Twins album. Yeah, Shout okay. Shout out to Twins. Yeah. Shout out Warren G. <laughs> that song was done so long ago, right? Right. That when we got the call from Sony, like, yo, we want to use y'all shit. You know, we got to get the money right and paperwork and all that right. Right. This is why it's important for publishing. This is why this is why when you write your own shit, you hold the cards. Mm-hmm. Because somebody could do your song 10, 20 years later and you getting paid. So that was like a double check. I already got paid for that song. Right. But because J. Cole flipped it again, I got paid again. So shout out J. Cole because <laughs> I definitely needed that bread at that moment. Right. You know, and, and and I mean and that's and that's that just shows you that music has longevity. And, you know, you got to keep making it because you don't know what somebody might hear later on. And because we didn't release that song as a single or anything. Right. But somehow J. Cole got to it, heard it, flipped it. And, um, you know, we and got us all paid again. So, yeah. And I did get my writers. So, I mean, it's really important as artists, if you write your music and you write your lyrics, you may be able to sell that or get a piece of another song, you know, another hit. So, right. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's crazy because, like, it's crazy because we got sampled by J. Cole. That's crazy. 
<laughs> that's pretty and damn that's the dope. And that's the same thing that happens when, you know, when, when producers sample right. artists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, I was uh, that was a blessing for real. Absolutely. So if there was one dream project or a dream producer you could work with, who would it be? Who a dream producer? Ah. Or even another artist. I mean, you got two uh, you already got to work with, but. Well, I would say as far as dream producer, mm-hmm. I would probably say, damn, it's so many, but. There is. Put you on the yeah. spot. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I know. Um, damn, probably, probably Hitman. Okay. Actually, you know, I think he's, his last name is Hollis. My last name is Hollis. So, right. You know, I don't know. We probably related. <laughs> <laughs> Try to get that family discount, you know? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but, yeah, Hitman, Hitman, like, he he done made his hits, and he still make hits. But, like, yeah. like I think I could definitely, like, do some crazy, crazy shit with him. Okay. Sure. Okay. Who are some of the artists you're and feeling he, right now? Um, hmm, uh, I mean, I mean, are you with some of this music to, they're doing right now? To, like, I mean, I would, I would say, I mean, there's, a, there's some, I mean, as far as newer artists, I would say, you know, I like Lil, I like Lil Uzi. Okay. Yeah, I like Lil Uzi. I like, uh, I mean, I like Megan Thee Stallion. I like her. I mean, okay. I think she be spitting for what? You know, like she got that southern, that Texas flow. Yeah. And I like that. Um, I like uh, this chick named Chica. Okay. As far as, you know, she's dope. She's kind of like up and coming. Sierra Whack. As far as females go, um, I, dang, it's, you know, it's crazy because a, a lot of times I only listen to beats. I'm very boring. And that's <laughs> I like Billie Ellis. You know what I mean? I like yeah. Billie Ellis. I mean, oh, she's dope too. Know, I mean, and I was on, I was on her like three years ago, like three years ago. I was already, I was bumping her stuff. So I was like, everybody was late. Right, but, right. Um, yeah, I like, I like her as far as like a, a new artist, uh, Rosalina. I think her name is Rosalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latin chick. She don't, she don't be speaking a lot of English and shit, but she dope. Right. She dope. Um, you know, and then as, as far as like. Man, as far as like artists that's been out that's still spitting and stuff, I mean, I think, man, it's 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 always good to just hear artists that still have it. Mm-hmm. I think like Black Thought, I've heard him, you know, oh. spit a couple times and just kill it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but damn, I you know, it's crazy. I don't listen to a lot of artists like that. Yeah, I listen no, to maybe like Beats. Right. <laughs> no, I feel you because a lot of this stuff out I'm there right now, like man. I'm still like a, I'm still like a beat junkie. So yeah. I really just be kind of vibing with the beats. I, you know, I've been listening to, um, you know, I mean, I, I just like, I like whatever is hot. I mean, I, I definitely like trap shit. Also, oh, you into the trap music? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, and then sometimes I just like, you know, just. I don't know if it's real East Coast shit, but just like bangers. I just like bangers. It don't matter to me. Right. It could be whatever West Coast trap, whatever. Like if it if it make, if it move me, then I'm a, I'm a bang it. Like you know what I mean? Right. Um. I think people went crazy on the auto tune. I mean that's oh. to me unfortunate. I mean I like Trippy Red. He's a he kind of has a little mm-hmm. auto tune style. 
But right. I like him, though. Know, I think he he sings and raps out, you know, about whatever the fuck right. he's feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I like that. I like that. Okay. I mean, I just think, you know, you I like expressive people. Like, just, right. you know, hey. If you vibing, I'm vibing with you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Now, but last question before we let you go. What new projects you got cooking that's going on right now for you? Well, I'm working on a project called Dirty Summers right now with a, a collaboration with artists of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, the artists involved in that, one of them is Virginia Slim. She was actually the person on the uh, Tupac song with, with the girlfriend okay. at the end. She yeah. has the gun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's Virginia Slim. That's okay. Virginia Slim. So she actually is a writer as well. And um, so she's on this project, uh, Nehi from the Five Footers, um, a chick named Omega, mm-hmm. who also went by the name of Miss Marvel. And she used to rap with J. Rue back in the days. Okay. Damages. So if you know, if you heard J. Rue's oh. damages, oh shit, Miss oh, Marvel. Oh, yeah. She's now an Omega. Okay. She's still sick. So she's on it. Um, my boy named Cree, who's a singer, mm-hmm. he's dope. And he's on it. And and we got some other little sprinkles here and there, but it's a really fun album. And it's basically talking about how dirty this summer was and how, mm. you know, we found all this creative inspiration within it. Because, you know, you have to be in there with the mask. Yeah. You got wiping everything down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everywhere you go, it's like you got to be, like, on some clean stuff because it's every, you know, because you don't know where these germs is at. So it's really been like a dirty summer. Right, and right. so, yeah, so we wrapping up that album. Um, I got an album called Bang City 2 that I'm dropping, which is my solo shit. And we okay. got a producer day one on that. Um, he's doing a couple of tracks on that. And just some... You know, I mean, I'm always, I'm always working, man. Got a, got some mixtapes. Okay. I'm dropping, and um, uh, and I'm, and I'm actually doing like a time capsule series where I'm going back and I'm redropping a lot of my old shit that I never really put out because it really wasn't a clear avenue to do it. And now I think with, you know, the different um distribution companies, the 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 internet distribution companies like DistroKids or mm-hmm. CD Babies, whatever you choose, whatever route you choose to go. We now have the option to be in control of how we release our music, and I think that's important. Absolutely. So, Ned, where, yeah. where, where can they find you on social media and all your projects? Where, where, where can the people find you? <laughs> well, they can go buy stuff right now <laughs> on neblove, com. Okay. Um, if you Google neblove, N-E-B-L-U-V, you can I'll, – I mean, I'll pop up. You know what I mean? I'll pop right. up, so – but right now, Bandcamp is one way to buy my stuff. Uh, you can always just hit me direct, and I could, you know, pay Tommy some bread. And <laughs> okay. I'll make sure you got, like, a banging <laughs> little, you know, compilation of music. Okay. Um, and, You know, we also re-released the Five Footers album. So the Five Footers Lost Scroll is now on digital release. Mm-hmm. And um, Warren G produced that. We also are re-releasing Lifetime, which was produced by Warren and a couple of other producers but on the lifetime album we actually do feature mc light okay we got the outlaws we got corrupt orangey that's a great album we dropped it in japan nice. but we never released it okay locally so now we're gonna actually release it digitally and it, it is great because you get to see the growth of the five footers mm-hmm. you get to see what we did with orangey and it's a different vibe you know everything right. is my five footer shit is different from my Ned Love shit. So that's good. You know, you yeah. can see Diversity. me in different environments. Right. Versatile. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay. Well, Nav, we really appreciate you coming on and, and showing us a little history about, you know, your whole career. And, and, and man, Rick James, I didn't even see that coming. I do my research, but I missed that one. But <laughs> <laughs> it was a pleasure to talk to it's you. A, it's the Urban Rhapsody, Urban Rhapsody album. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they, they, tucked, they, tucked it, they tucked it, but it's on there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we appreciate yeah. you doing this for us, and uh, we look forward to all your projects coming up. All right, love. That's what's up. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. But you don't hear me though. Back on the Big Brother Jake Podcast. Yo, if you grew up on the West Coast, your party anthems had This Is For The Homies, Everlasting Bass, Supercuts, Say It Loud, Pump For The Boulevard, and you don't hear me though. Yo, welcome to Compton OG Rodney O to the Big Brother Jake Podcast. How you doing, homie? What's going on, man? man. Doing over this way. Not too much, man. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It's all good, man. Let's get into it, bro. All right. So when you hear all those classics that I just named and you look back at your amazing career, what comes to mind? You know, just good times, man. You know, um, I was just in there just banging them out, bro. I mean, you know, um, <laughs> Sometimes I feel we don't get the credit that uh, we deserve, but you know that's okay too. At the at the end of the day, man, because they still play. I'm still doing shows. I still don't have to get a nine to five, so I'm good. That's what's up. <laughs> so, what was it like touring with the, the the some of the greatest MCs of all time, like Grandmaster Flash, Kumo D, NWA, MC Light? What was that like being on the road with those legends? Man, it seems like I've been doing it so long, man. I don't look back on it like, damn, I was doing it. I was doing this. I was doing that. I, it, it, it was just a job, bro. Right. Like, you know, just what I did. It's like I don't wake up and have to try to be a rapper. I'm a rapper. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. I, I don't have to, you know, um, I've seen the... Uh, I've seen the differences between how they treated East Coast versus West Coast back then. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because it was their baby. So it's like almost like they felt like we was infringing on their shit. Right. So <laughs> legend has it that Craig Mack from the original K-Day once said that you and Joe Cooley would have the most women lined up outside every venue in L.A. Is that true, bro? <laughs> I don't know about all that, but they was there, man. It was a good time, man. It was it was definitely a good time, man. You know, we had the, the you know, the acid wash, stone wash going on, the finger waves, the, the gold, the jewelry. Right. It was it was a, it was a great time, man. It's still fun now, but it was a great time then, man. <laughs> no doubt. You're listening to the homie Rodney O on the Big Brother Jake podcast, Rodney O. Very few people know that the original Two Live crew was from California, and you helped originate that Miami bass sound. How did that come together? Well, my boy, Mr. Mix, he was in the uh, Air Force at that time, and we, he used to pick me up, and we would go to Uncle Jam's Army uh, uh, dances and right. and just play. He would play around on the on the turntables and, and stuff like that and be playing all them old nasty records, the Richard Pryor's, the Ruby <laughs> Ray Moore's. Right. And all that stuff, and I was actually in the studio when he did uh, throw that throw that D. Okay. And uh, and I went to went to high school with Brother Marquis, and uh, he had moved to Rochester, New York, and one of the rappers that was in Two Live Crew had uh, 
left the group. I said, well, shit, you should get Mark. So I called Mark and told him, hey, man, uh, they putting out a record. You know, you need to you need to come back to Cali and get with get with get with Dave and and two live crew. So, you know, he did. He came back and, you know, the rest is history. Okay. (laughs) Do you think you guys get enough credit for for creating that sound? Um, you know, I'm I'm real close to the situation, so of course I feel like that. You know what I mean? Um, that's just normal. Um, you know, hey man, we can sit up here all day and talk about you know so and so don't get enough credit and so and so don't get enough credit and and you know you'd be justified in saying it, but you know at the end of the day, it's just how it is, man. I mean that's it, it's always been like that since the beginning of time in the music business and sports and politics right. and community activism all that a lot of people don't get the credit that they deserve man so you can't you can't cry about it you just gotta just gotta push on man and those that know know and maybe a story will will a story or a movie or the historians will 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 put put you in your rightful place in due time man sometimes it don't even happen when you're around bro absolutely you're listening to Rodney on the Big Brother Jake podcast. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this question. You probably know what's coming up. <laughs> you know, I, I know you and Joe Cooley made a lot of great music together. A lot of classics, a lot of party anthems. So 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 what was the deal? What what, what happened between you two? If you don't mind explaining just, that. Just 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 not seeing eye to eye and 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 disrespect, man. You know what I'm saying? A lot of, a lot of it was on his part, a lot of it probably was on my part too. I can't fully blame him all the way. It's just we can't get along, bro. We just don't see eye to eye. I put in a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, and when you don't feel that your partner is putting in the same amount of work but wants the same amount of money and the same kind of accolades and all that stuff, sometimes it just don't work, bro. You you know I can't I can't sit up here and mow all the grass and, and cut the lawn and do all this, and then you get the lemonade and I get ice water. Right. You know what I mean? Sometimes it just, you know, it's just not right. So sometimes it's just better to agree to disagree. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So there's no chance of y'all ever getting back together. Um, I'm never going to, I never say never, but it, it doesn't look, uh, it doesn't look promising, man. Got, but got, you know it's it, 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 it's okay you know and a lot of that has to do with if somebody come with a big check then you know that always makes things better too. Right. but um but I'm cool man I'm doing what I do and and you know I I wish him the best um and you know that's that you know but um there has to be some type of levelness to the game man that's like I can't do everything bro I can't do everything mm-hmm. and then have somebody talk to me crazy that just don't work for bro. I, I could do that in my 20s i can't do that now <laughs> no nah, i feel you 100 <laughs> percent. you're listening to rodney on the big brother jake podcast rodney i know you got a project out called home all day tell us more about that project who's on it who's produced on it what's good with that oh it was one, actually one of my homeboys sons man that produced the beat he had shot me some beats and and, you know, I've been tinkering around in the studio, and we was mm-hmm. on quarantine, and I'd made that song way before that. Okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it just it, it just was kind of fitting. So I just dropped it, did a little low-budget, you know, little video, and, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, with no 
expectations of it blowing up or anything, just something to drop. And I got about seven or eight other songs in the can. I'm working with DJ Quick on some stuff. Okay. We're going to get some people on that record. So we'll see what happens, man. Like I said, you know, I know that it's a young man's sport, so I don't really have no expectations of what it's going to do and this and that. I just go in there and have some fun, man. And if it cracks, it cracks. If it don't, I'm still in the same position. That's what's up. That's what's up. Is there anybody out here on the West Coast right now that you're feeling? Any of these youngsters out here? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I like I like Compton A B. I like uh I like Roddy Rich, you know. Um mm-hmm. I li- I like I like what they do. You know, I'm not one of these old cats, man, that don't like the new stuff that's out. Man, there's some right. good and there's some bad. Just like when we was out. Right. There was some good and and some bad. So, um I like a lot of it, man. You know, I can't get away from it. You know what I'm saying? I do listen. I mean, um, there's people doing big numbers, so I'm not going to sit up here and act like it's nothing. Right. Um, is it is it as creative and as, as good as as back in the day? Uh, probably not, but that's how it goes. Right. Right. If you had advice to anybody that's trying to get in the game right now, what would it be? Uh, just do your own thing, man. Try and be original, but that's kind of hard, too. It's almost like nowadays you have to dumb it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, um, but um, I would just say just do your own thing. Try and create your own fan base. You know, um, that's one of the weaknesses that I think the, the the older rappers have because we're from a different different space and time to where we don't put where we eat. We don't show wads of cash right. we don't you know do crazy stuff that will come back we don't tell people oh we're gonna be here you know um that's 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 a whole younger generation they they're comfortable with that i'm not comfortable with that you know i don't want to tell people where i'm eating and right. show wads of cash and you know put up you know i just just pop some tags and i don't want to do all that but the youngsters do it the fans love it and that's probably one of the downfalls of the of the older cats, you know right. what I'm saying? Because we don't put it out there like that because we, we just we just from a different time, man, who I don't feel comfortable. A lot of times people are always tell me, Man, you should be posted. I'm like, post what? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I don't wanna go I don't wanna go live. I don't wanna do this and do that. So, you know, it's all good though, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Rodney O, it's been a pleasure having you on the Big Brother Jake podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, bro. Man, no problem, man. Peace to you, man, and 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 Tim, man, with this uh, West Coast Styles, man. Um, it's needed, and uh, let's you know, y'all y'all do it right, represent it right, man. It's gonna go far, man. Appreciate y'all. Hello, everybody. You listening to my daddy, Big Brother Jake? This is the Big Brother Jake podcast. Bye, everybody. Man, okay. So, Medlow, how's that like that? Pretty cool, huh? Rick James? Man, on what James? What? That never gets old for the Chappelle show. So, yeah, Medlow with the five footers, man. That was that was pretty dope. And, and, and also, Rodney O from Rodney O and Joe Cooley fame. I want to thank both of them for coming on the Big Brother Jake podcast. You can also catch those interviews on westcoaststyles.com. Again, westcoaststyles.com is uh, one of the grand websites I'm affiliated with now. 
I've also done some interviews on WestCoastStyles.com with uh, DJ Battlecat, which uh, a legend in hip-hop, produced for Snoop. He's produced for a whole bunch of other people. Dog Pound, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, that man, he's done a lot. And, and you can catch some of my sports takes also on WestCoastStyles.com. I work with Styles, a.k.a. Tim Sanchez, the man, the godfather, my boss over there at West Coast Styles. You can check all those interviews out, including these if you want to hear them again. And get some clicks. Let the world know, WestCoastStyles.com. WestCoastStyles.com. So much more to come on that website. But check out all the content on there. It's really great. So, again, want to thank y'all for coming on or tuning in to the Big Brother Jake podcast. See, man, so late as I record this, I'm just talking out my ass. But um, I'm going to land this plane right now. Next week... I don't know what the hell is going to happen, you know, but it's going to be fun. More than likely, we may talk a little sports. I don't know yet. It depends on, on the vibe and how I'm feeling about what's going on. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening every week, you know, to those that listen every week or or try to. I salute you hardcore. Um, so, thank you for that. Um, until next week, I say to y'all. <coughs> Excuse me. Wait for it. Deuce. You're listening to the Big Brother Jake Podcast.